Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? It's week eight now. I don't know. COVID has taken a real toll on my internal and external body clock. I've lost my watch. My body clock no longer knows what time of the week it is, but I know for a fact it is a Tuesday, which means only one thing. Murph and I are back. Sadly, still not in the studio, but Zoom is almost as good because there's no travel time. It will never replace the five-yard studio, but the less travel is pretty good, right, Big Man? How are you doing? I, I wonder how many hours I've saved by not traveling this year. Oh, many. I mean, I, so in context to those of you who haven't listened to my travel worries in the past, I traveled on average three and a bit hours a day, five days a week. So round that up, 16 hours a week. So that's 32, 64 hours a month. You times that by seven months of not being in the office now. But so I, think, that's I think the question with that 450 is... 450 hours or so I've saved. Are you working those travel hours instead of traveling them? That Sometimes. Would... So it's not as if you've saved them. They're not now hours uh, for you. Yeah, but sometimes it's like breakfast with the boy. There's things that I can do now that I don't, I haven't been able to do. I maybe work a bit like later, but like during the mornings and stuff, I'm with the boy and stuff. So that, that helps. So I, I've had a lot more time with him as a result and things like that. So. And you no doubt saved a few pennies from the travel costs of getting up to the big smoke. Yeah, so I've probably saved 
About two grand. Well, there you go. That's a silver lining in itself. Yeah, but then being at home is more expensive. Like, this sounds really boring. <laughs> no, the, I just uh, hear myself uh, talking and like, this sounds ridiculous. Like, there's um, something yes. for uh, being engaging in the first couple of minutes of your podcast. And uh, we've yeah. just... Basically, you know, lockdown chat is just boring now. No one cares. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Everyone's but, in the same boat. Everyone is still doing it. So it's, it's, it's common ground. <laughs> yeah, it is. Less travel time, more money spent in some regards. So, um, But yeah. It's uh, it's good to be on. It's Tuesday. Uh, week seven was week seven. Uh, lots of injuries, uh, bye weeks and things. This is like the nitty gritty now. These are the key moments of the season now because if you can get through the next three or four weeks with a chance to make the playoffs, then you know you're you're in good stead. I'm in one league where I'm in a, a clinching scenario of a playoff spot uh, next week, which would be nice to clinch that nice and early. Yeah, that would be good. I mean, this is definitely the season where you've only just got to, as much as most seasons are, get to the dance, see what happens, anyone's in with a shout. It is literally, if you make it past the initial finish line of getting to the playoffs, it is anybody's game. It really is, because yeah. on a week-to-week, even day-to-day basis, now we're seeing with the NFL, it changes so swiftly that if you can get into the playoffs... And week seven for me was, I didn't realise how much you and I were playing each other in across the leagues. I didn't realise we were in that many competing leagues, to be fair. And then, Yeah, uh, we played in a lot. We did. And then normally you are my fantasy kryptonite. You end up beating me all over the place. But this week, I've, I held my own quite often throughout the matchups. And I think that was key for me getting to the playoffs, was scraping you in a few places to enable me to actually get there rather than you whitewashing me off the face of the earth. Well, I, I, it's interesting, right? Because there was a few leagues that we faced in um, the Epsom Home League, which, you know, I dented your playoff hopes a little bit um, and advanced to the top of the standings. The Home Dynasty League, which, you know, my team's about seven years from competing. So <laughs> that um, gets longer every time we talk about it. Well, well, I'm two and five, mate. So, yeah, of course, you're seven and oh. So, um, I think the fact I only lost by like 30 is a, is a result. And then we played in the, we played in another dynasty league, which, uh, I think you came out on top of, uh, yeah, we both moved to four three. You smoked me in, in one. And then we had a couple, uh, we played in both vampires and we split them. So I think we played in another league as well. Yeah. We just played in a lot of leagues. So we did. I think, I think we, yeah, we, we sort of pushed and we were about the same, but which yeah, I, I, I considered a win. A push against you is <laughs> is a win, you know, for me. So I, I enjoyed those pushes. At, at one point, I thought I was going to lose both vampires and it wasn't for the Rams being pretty... Your lineup of Rams selection in the vampire just seeing me over the line. Well, no, my, th- th- let's get this right, okay? Because in that vampire league, you, you did beat me in and, like, congratulations on, on winning and uh, there's no sour grapes at all. But... You know, you put up the third lowest score of the week. Yep, I had a terrible week. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my team on that Vampire League, keep in mind I'm not allowed to make any roster changes. Cam Akers didn't get a touch. Mike Evans got a couple of touches, but not a lot. Robbie Woods got a lot of touches. Higby didn't play. I've had no kicker since week one. Um, And then I've got like Eckler on (laughs) IR. Dobbins on by, Hilton on by, Ravens on by. <laughs> yeah, Ian Thomas was my only bench player other than Daniel Jones. Jacob said the Bucks, like you pick the best week to play me because, uh, yeah, but it is what it is. 
I'm not too uh, worried going forward. I was pleased to get a win in that one. I, yeah. But hey, yeah. talking of getting a win, we are almost at 6,000 followers on the Twitterverse, Murph. Yeah. Uh, last time I checked, we were about 10 to go, and we're still at about 10 to go. 10, exactly. 5,990 followers. That's pretty good going, considering we had about 15 for a long time. <laughs> well, felt like a long time, and it was probably just people we knew directly and then you came aboard and the boat left dock as it were i don't know maybe i'm doing sparky harsh there 15 maybe a few more than 15 i think it was like 150 150 200 maybe but yeah um yeah it's it's obviously our number one portal to engage with people and it's a good platform to engage with a lot of people and share a lot of content and, and mass out um it's hard to kind of um cut through the the noise sometimes so um it's good to have dms um people tag us and stuff and if if you do just tag us sometimes they don't see it because we do get a lot of tags and notifications the worst ones are when people like tag you in a post about a vote and stuff and it's just like and you get tagged with like 30 other people so every time someone replies it just clogs up the notifications and you're just like this is just ridiculous um (laughs) But yeah, the 6,000 followers, it's amazing. Um, If people can, you know, keep following us and sharing the love and sharing the word, that's great. Um, We did create a more intimate private sleeper channel that if you want a link to just just ask um, and we'll send it across, but you should be able to find it. Just search five-year Russian channels and you should find it. Um, When Murph says intimate, it's got red pillows and dull lighting and stuff like that <laughs> i don't know about that um it needs it, we're just trying to invite fantasy players in there there's about 50 people in there um engagement's just starting to pick up a, a little bit we just want to get more engagement it's just a good place to ask us questions especially if you tag us i mean if you're in a fantasy football app setting lineups it's so easy just to scroll down go into the channel and just get some advice if not from us them from other players and, mm-hmm. and all sorts and from going forward not going to put league notifications on uh, like league vacancies on Twitter. I'm going to put them in there. So if you're looking for leagues, that's where we're going to do it. We really want to drive more engagement in the, in the app because it it just makes sense. You're there. It's easy to, to communicate with. So um, let's try and push people through, through there. Absolutely. We're almost at a hundred reviews on Apple podcast, which is pretty sweet as well. So if you would like, well, we would like you to leave us a little review, whether it's good, bad, or has to be five star. That's the key here. Rush nation. No, I'm joking, but in all seriousness, reviews do help us reach more people. And we are all about engagement with the fantasy football and football community as a whole. So any reviews, wherever you listen would be most welcome. And then finally, what's new at five yard. Well, we've welcomed Mason on board. He's a new writer for us. He's, doing idp streamers currently he's got many strings to his bow and we'll we'll be unleashing him further into the end of the season and off season going forward so if you do fancy writing for us you know mason hit us up he was one of the ffcc t-shirt owners sent us a sick picture of him wearing it from from stateside as well so that's always welcome if you do fancy writing for us like mason or any of the other lads who have joined us recently come and do so you know hit us up on twitter at five yard rush hit murph up uh at murph underscore nfl did i get that right yeah yeah that's the one that's Murph's Twitter. And then, yeah, we, we, we're off the Dynasty IDP stat writers. But if you have ideas and you want to come write for us and it isn't any of those three topics, 
send us some stuff. We won't turn you away unless it's pants. <laughs> yeah, I, I think a big a big one on this is just again people just come up and say, "What do you want writing?" Like, listen, the basic stuff is covered. So we don't need someone to write waiver wise. We don't need someone to write league reviews. We've got enough of those. Um, we don't need start sits. We don't need streaming options. We don't need wide receiver cornerback material. Like if you're going to want to write to us, at least, like write for us, at least look at the content we post and say, right, that stuff's covered. We've got writers for that. Let's think about ways I, things I'm excited to write about. Um, really would like more dynasty content, more IDP content, but something original, something fresh or something that's going to um, really increase readership. But at the same point, it's just, it's just good. Like it's just something you, you would want if that you don't have, that's normally a good one. And a lot of this is learning as, as you go. So like, if you're not like the biggest stat head or you're not the biggest, like just the, the whole point is giving me a go. Like I'll give you the feedback. So will stocks will say, look, this is good. You need this research, get it from here. Rob, Rob's a good example of that. You know, when Rob was posting his early articles and he won't mind me saying this, um, you know, they were stats, but they weren't, like it was stats for stats sake. They just didn't, I don't think added all the, all the pieces together. And now he's got stats in there that make a lot of sense and it shows and identifies trends. It's just playing, it's just playing with it and, and getting it out. until you get to the, the product, you know, when we started writing pieces, they weren't cohesive. They didn't sort of connect all the dots. And now I think they're a lot better. So, you know, we're not, we're not looking for seasoned writers, although if there are then amazing, um, but <laughs> Um, we're just looking for people that are passionate. They're going to stick with this every single week um, and post something and give us something unique. And and if you're that person, you know, just come and do it. And then you get to join the team of writers. They're a good bunch. We have a lot of banter. The, the WhatsApp group goes every day and you just chat and ball and you're part of something. And that's ultimately um, what it's all about. Absolutely. Right, Murph, let's do some news. We're going to fire all 100 cannons from the HMS Buccaneer here because it's starting with the double bucks news. Start, start off with the stuff we talked about when we met up last Wednesday about Antonio Brown. You and I did not discuss the fact that he was going to be a Buccaneer because it was pretty much what well, everyone thought he was going to be a Seattle Seahawk. And then he's turned up and signed as a Buccaneer and officially today he's now a Buccaneer. I just, I, I really hate this move. Like, I just don't. I don't understand it like at all. I just, it just doesn't make any sense. This is your wide receiver core in Tampa. And and the reason they've given to signing Antonio Brown is injuries. And like we get injuries. Yeah, I get that. Your wide receiver core is Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Scotty Miller, who's balling out by the way. Uh, That game on Sunday was incredible. He put in an unbelievable performance on Sunday. You got Tyler Johnson who has flashed at times and scored touchdowns this season. I just don't think you need Antonio Brown. Like, I just don't... In the past, you'd look at this and go, okay, if Godwin and and Evans both went down, then this team would be screwed. And then you have Brashard Perriman ball out when both of them went down. I just don't <laughs> think that's like an issue. I think there's enough talent on, on this roster um, to cater. But, I mean, it's a cheap deal. That's the only thing is it's heavily incentivized that people are looking at number like, oh, two and a half million, that's a lot. Well, it gets 750 grand for, for winning the Super Bowl. That's part of it. 
Um, he gets three sets of two hundred and fifty thousand dollar bonuses for wide uh, receptions, uh, yards, and touchdowns, and they're only applicable if we make the playoffs. So you know, a lot of that money is heavily incentivized. If we make if we make the Super Bowl, he makes a catch in the Super Bowl that makes the game. Then the money's well spent. Do mm. I think he's on the roster when we get to the Super Bowl? Absolutely not. And I just <laughs> think he's a headache that that nobody wants. But that's what I don't understand. Talent aside. Are you going to get the player that is actually going to do anything? I, I just, I, I don't, there, there is a big part of me and in a horrible way, it, it's not a nice thing to say, but it's part of me that just hopes he remains banned because I don't want him to come in and, and cause the sort of chaos he did at, at the, at the Raiders. Like you just, the team's five and two, it's cruising. It's, it's, we're winning games. We're beating good teams. We don't need, a distraction right now and he's nothing but a distraction but then i said the same about fournette and he's so far uh <laughs> but then I, I wasn't as worried about leonard fournette from that standpoint as i was with um with brown i think he's a whole different kettle of fish but then right. this is brown's one chance to get a ring he's not getting another one no i what this is it if he wants I... to be a good boy then fine the thing I found interesting about the whole situation is you ban someone for a certain amount of games and yet they're not with a team and then they're eligible to come back week nine, perhaps. So yeah. let's, you're not with a team. So how can you qualify for those games? You're just banned for the games in the NFL. But that's ridiculous because you could be doing nothing. I, I think if you... He's not allowed to do anything. So he's not allowed... The only, the only reason he's been allowed in the facility is to get tested to be part of the bubble, to get a playbook, and to sign his contract. You know, but, but, but he's not I allowed to practice, by, he's not allowed to do anything. He has I mean to now be out of the facility. Well, what I meant by that is the fact that he should have to be associated with a team for that period. Or, I, get, I get that he's not allowed to do anything, but if he then was associated, let's just say the Buccaneers, because that's where he signed from week one, mm-hmm. and then he had a week nine comeback, and he did something within those eight weeks, then fine, but his ban is essentially a ban for doing nothing for team wise. And then week nine, he can be signed. And I just, it doesn't make but, sense to me. But, that... but is it a big difference if he signs now or if he signs a week from now, like well, you, I, given, I, given that the only thing he can do is get COVID tested and sign the contract. That's all he can do. He can't practice. He can't talk to coaches. He can't get anything, any other information. He's literally basically just got, he's just done admin. Like, I get your point, and I think if this was, I just think it's 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 an administrative thing that he's had to do. And like, yeah, okay, we could have done this a week later. Do I think he plays in week nine? Probably not. Yeah, unless obviously we're on next Monday week. night football, so that's week eight. So he can't come to the facility until well Tuesday will be a day off. So maybe he can come in and train on his own. And that's if the league don't extend his suspension. Like he could still be suspended. Yeah, because there's still information withholding on, on his charges and stuff, right? Yeah, so, he's still he's still facing legal action. So at the end yeah. of the day, he could he could be suspended for the season. the 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 league might just go now, right? Now he's with a team. We we have to decide if we want him to play, and they could ban him for the season. And the Buccaneers can cut him for for nothing. Yeah. So guess, he's not getting paid. It's not like he gets paid for this week. Like he's not getting paid. Yeah, because it's, only, it's the, games played. The only reason he plays week eight, nine, sorry, is perhaps because Chris Godwin is out. We've seen next bit of news. Chris Godwin yeah. is out for Monday Night Football week eight. If he stays out and perhaps there's another injury somewhere else or it maybe 
he gets eligible when we see him week nine, but I, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't see it. Um, you look at Fournette when he joined, he didn't get uh, any carries the week he joined. You know, I, I just think, and with wide receivers, you've got to learn the playbook. Like yeah. he, he's going to start. It's not like he's, he's losing two days because of the fact that it's Monday night football. So that's two days effectively Wednesday is before he can even join up with the team. So you've got, and people are talking about this Brady Antonio Brown connection. You know, they played one game, like he's played more games with Tyler Johnson. He's played more games with Scotty Miller. I just don't see Antonio Brown factoring in week nine for whatever reason. So really you're looking at week 10. Ah, fine. I, I, you know, I think Chris Godwin is a loss. I think he, he showed some really good things. Um, and I think maybe they've only signed him because what Chris Godwin is dealing with is is an injury that is going to consist of him being in and out of the side all, all season. You know, he's played a game, he misses two games, plays a game, misses two games. Um, and maybe that's Chris Godwin now for the, for the season. He's just got a niggling injury that we're just going to try and nurse him through. And the hope is that the Buccaneers get enough of a, a game lead to where they can sit him for the remainder of the season. That's going to be tough with the Saints, but... Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I'm not for the Antonio Brown signing, but we'll see how that transpires. But I wouldn't be picking him up in fantasy leagues. Uh, I know everyone's rushed to him and spent loads of fab on him, but <laughs> I mean, he's what? He's at best a, a wide receiver three, at best on that team. And yeah. Tom Brady in that offense is not this, the offense of 12 months ago. It's not supporting three wide receivers a game. Absolutely not. Chris Carson is injured and will be week to week going forward. Uh, I have no idea what to do with the backfield here. When's it, Carl's hide? Done. There isn't anyone else. Yeah, but isn't is he still banged up? He's a little banged up, but he got 87% of the carries after Carson left the field. Ah, fair enough. So, I mean, DJ Dallas then got banged up in that game later on. I don't think he's coming back this week. Um, I think Penny's still injured. Um basically Hyde is going to be that premier back until Carson returns. It could be a week. It could be two weeks. Um, I said yesterday on the Wave Wire podcast, you have to add him. If if he's not on a roster, you have to add him because Chris Carson does go down. He does get injured and he goes and misses games. And Carlos Hyde immediately walks into a big opportunity. Now he's not going to be, let's set expectations here. He's not going to be a Mike Davis RB1 situation, he's going to be a low-end RB2. He's probably a top 20 running back at, at his best. But if you're hurting and you need a running back, you know, give me the top tw- give me the 20th best running back over uh, a lot of options out there right now. Talking of somebody who's injured and has a handcuff, Kenyon Drake is injured and probably not looking to play week eight. So if... Oh, I nearly said Chase Claypool there. That was terrible, wasn't it? <laughs> Chase Edmonds, you mean? Chase Edmonds, yeah. If Chase Edmonds is on your waiver wire, definitely be sticking a claim in for him because he's already eating into Drake's workload, which Murph is going to talk to in a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll talk about that in a bit, uh, a bit later on. But yeah, I think he was owned in in sixty percent of leagues, close to sixty percent of leagues. It shocked me how much he was owned. So he probably isn't out there in most leagues. And if that's the case, go and grab Eno Benjamin. Because I think he's going to see a role now, especially if um, there's still touches. And then if if, if Chase Evans goes down, whew, Eno's going to clean up. Oh, my boy, Eno. So former Viking defensive end Emerson Griffin, who went to the Cowboys, is apparently being 
offered out by the Cowboys who apparently want to trade him away. It completely makes sense. Um, Cowboys are are not good. Um, really? You know, they're de- well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're down to they're down to Danucci at quarterback. Um, it depends how long Dalton's out. Dalton's a lot not look good. Um, do you really see him winning the NFC least? Probably not. Um, so you look at that and go, okay, well, let's get some pieces for for next year. Um, I don't know what Emerson Griffin will, what they want to get in return, the second, third round pick. I, d- I don't really know, but um, it makes sense if if you're that bad and you're not winning this year to uh, to get something for him. Um, very similar to what the Vikings did with Yannick Ngokwe. You know, they invested, they knew Hunter was injured, they went and, and put put up uh, numbers for, or they gave two draft picks away for Ngokwe. Then, you know, they started badly and they're one and five. And then you're thinking, actually, we're not going to re-sign him. So we, we'll we'll feed them out. And okay, they've lost a little bit on that whole overall transaction, but they still got picks back. Um, and they could have just, it could have just been a completely sunk cost and, it makes sense to to do that as well with with Griffin. Yeah, what doesn't make sense is the fact that next bit of news is the Jets want to trade defensive tackle Quinn and Williams. It, this is a guy that is you draft uh, top four. Did he go four? Three. Overall? He went three, three overall. last year, and he's a cornerstone of your defensive line. Class act coming out of college, and the Jets have literally just pushed that big red button and just. This makes no sense. No. It makes no sense. You know, Yannick Ngokwe, who you're not going to re-sign, you've got him on a one-year deal. You get pieces for him, you're losing. Makes sense. Uh, Emerson Griffin, you've got him on a, a fairly short deal. Makes sense. Trade him. You've still got this season, two more seasons, and the fifth-year option on Quinn and Williams, who is at the very beginning of his career. So you've got him on a rookie contract. He is cheap. He's produced. Yes, he's had some injuries, but he has produced. He's done a good job. This makes no sense. You, you, I don't know why you're trading rookies, and they want here. They want multiple second round picks for a guy they got at three overall. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't make a, a ton of sense if the guy wasn't before. If he was a veteran, I'd go. Yeah, I think I think for me the Jets can trade a whole host of players. If if I'm the Jets. I'd probably even be fielding offers for Donald. They say they're not, but if someone if 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 someone came in and wanted Donald that badly, I think they could probably get him because you could just line Flacco there for the rest of the year, go get Trevor Lawrence job done. Um, but there's a ton of players that you could you can go and get. You can go and get there. Mostly, I know he's hurt. I don't know if he passed the medical, but and I don't know if he's out for the entire year. But if he is, then okay, probably not. But there's still some players you can you can get from from there that would be useful pieces. The Buccaneers signed um, McClendon there. They got him for free, basically. You know, they traded a 2022 sixth for a 2023 seventh. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> the guy didn't even leave the state. Like, he got in the car and drove up to to Florida. So yeah, there's pieces there. I, I get that they want to get picks. I get that they want to do a, a full rebuild next year, probably with a new coach. Probably get. Um, probably get Trevor Lawrence in there and I get all that, but don't trade away your brilliant rookies. You know, I, for me, the, the ones on there that you can't trade Beckton, uh, Williams, 
you know, th- those are two of about three or four guys on that roster I would not be trading. Probably wouldn't trade P. Ryan. You can't trade Mims either because he has another Can't trade yet. Mims. Yeah, exactly. So they're the sorts of guys I wouldn't be trading. But uh, yeah, I mean, open season on, on everyone else. Do you know what? I'd be, I'd be shopping Flacco to the Cowboys. I really would. I'd get whatever you can. If you can get a fifth round pick for Joe Flacco right now, I'd do it tomorrow. Just no, no questions asked. And if you can get a couple of picks for Darnold, I'd do that too. Because the Cowboys, if they get a quarterback, they're in that division. Yeah, they're in that division. You know, it's a it's a poor division, but they could win it with a quarterback. We we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, Murph. We, yeah. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Some uh, sad news for the Cleveland Browns and fans of flashy football all over the place. OBG OBJ is out for the season with a torn ACL. I think it was a non-contact. I haven't actually seen it. Non-contact injury. Yeah, it was. It was literally the first. Um, the Browns' first offensive play of the game. Baker Baker for an interception. He was running to make the tackle and he, he did the ACL. Yeah, I tend not to watch any stuff if I if I can if I can help it. <laughs> Makes sense. It, 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 I mean, it's bad. We we kind of knew it was going to be that, but official confirmation yesterday. Yeah. So I I've actually put a waiver bid in, and obviously you can drop OBJ now in standard redraft leagues. And it feels so weird doing it, even though you know someone like that quality is out for the season. You put a waiver claim in, and rather than get rid of your streaming wide receiver or tight end, whatever you think, oh OBJ, I might as well throw him to the pile. And it just it feels odd, even though you, I, and everyone knows he's done for the season. It just, yeah, it just doesn't feel quite right. And then finally, CMC turned up today in a red non-contact jersey, so he's probably not going to practice at all today, or he'll be just doing light drills. So, well, no, he 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 did originally turn up in the red jersey to say he wasn't going to practice. And then as practice was about to start, he changed jersey and put a regular practice jersey, put a regular jersey on. Interesting. So he is practicing. That seems like a weird thing to do. Very, very strange thing to do. Maybe he wasn't, he didn't think he was going to practice and then they decided he was going to practice. I don't really know. Um, it's not like people aren't going to see that and find out very quickly. I'd say probably he's going to be a limited participant. We don't know officially what what, what it is, but yeah, he, he is actually doing reps today. It seems like a short week to throw him in Thursday night football. Uh, I agree. Um, I I wouldn't do it, but it is what it is. It is what it is. They were They were unlucky against the Saints. They played well enough to win that game on Sunday. Yeah, the, Teddy Bridgewater takes a sack he shouldn't have. Uh, he shouldn't have, have taken, and sets up a sixty-five yard field goal. And, and Joey Sly misses it by about two feet. Like the, when you're watching it, obviously a field goal, you always see it from either behind the yeah. uprights or behind the kicker, and it never gives you a true representation of where the ball arc finishes. So it was obvious it missed, but from behind where we watched it from, it wasn't obvious as to how close no, it got to the crossbar. No, I, I wasn't overly sure he'd missed it straight away. It was only really sort of waiting for the signal. Um, it was really close. Like, uh, if, I mean, if that's a 64-yard field goal, he makes it just. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if Teddy Bridgewater doesn't take the sack, then, then maybe that's all it was. I mean, I mean, you can do anything else there rather than throw an interception and take a sack. So, yeah, uh, it's a shame. I, I think they were, they were toe-to-toe with the Saints and... 
yeah, Drew Brees was good. Like he did enough to win the game. Absolutely. So we've had Matt Nagy's obvious corner. Murph's throwing a new curveball in. It's the top three coaching blunders of week seven. It, it, it just amazes me, right? So I, I don't claim to be a professional sportsman in any way, but I don't understand coaching decisions that just make no sense and they really grind me. So every week this year, there's been two or three every week. So I'm going to point them out because I don't understand. I think like it's good to understand why they're coaching blunders and I hope it in, enhances people's enjoyment of, of the game um, and knowledge of the game. So the third one, and this one really doesn't take much explanation is Cliff Kingsbury actually iced his own kicker <laughs> in overtime. So he sends out, um, he sends out Gonzalez to kick uh, the game winning field goal. It's about four minutes left in overtime, knowing that the field goal wins it. He's going to kick it on. I think it's second and 15, and um, he's not really paid attention to what's going on in the field, and he's called the timeout as Gonzalez has kicked it. So he's called the timeout, and Gonzalez made the field goal. Um, so they would have won the game there and then. Um, so he's iced it, and then they send Gonzalez out, and then he missed the next field goal. <laughs> what? <laughs> he's iced his own kicker, and then they ended up winning the game, so it didn't matter. But imagine if Seattle had... Um, taken that field that short field and won the game off a field goal like Kiff Kingsby would have cost his team a win because he wasn't watching what was going on um, and listen he was very honest in the post-match interview and I appreciate this that he said look I completely wasn't on the ball with what was going on I didn't realize he'd lined up to take the kick um, because I wouldn't have done it but I just wanted to change something I don't know what the reason was but yeah he, he, he did own up to his mistake he said it was stupid of him which you know I, I like that I like the fact that he owned the mistake but yeah like icing your own kickers is brilliant especially when it works like and you've actually iced him <laughs> and he's missed it like it's, it's one thing to do it and then he makes the kick it's another and it's a game winning kick like it's not even like early in the game, like they win the game. Ah, brilliant. I mean, like those sort of moments is what I live for in the NFL. The, um, the thing that got yeah. me about that game was the Cardinals only led when they won it in overtime. Yeah, it was the only the only time in the game they led. Yeah, mad. Brilliant. That's how you do it. Yeah, Ta-da. <laughs> See you, lads. See you soon. <laughs> Madness. Oh, man, the NFC West is, is legit, right? It's a properly good division it's like the reverse of the east uh, all the teams are good um at number two this one's really bad i was seething when i watched this so in the fourth quarter of uh the texans and packers game the texans are losing by 21 they're losing by 21 for context it's fourth and 15 right and romeo Cornell has decided he's gonna go and kick a field goal which there's like 12 minutes left in the game and he decides to send the field goal unit out. So he reduces a three score, a three score game to a three score game. <laughs> why? It's like, why? If you, if you miss on four for 15, what does it matter other than you've given short field in that case, punt. If you're that worried about field position, punt, put them inside the five, but your three scores down. Like if you're worried about field position, that's the wrong thing. You've got to be thinking about trying to win the game. You've only got, if you're lucky, you get four possessions. If you're lucky. So you need to score. You're down three. I just was, this is living. And then just to really compound the error, he then on the next drive goes and kicks another field goal. Chipping away at the lead, What's man. The... Chipping away at the lead. But you've wasted, <laughs> but you don't have many possessions left. And then you just go and kick two field. Oh, congratulations. You lost by two scores instead of three. Yeah. Round of applause. I come on. <laughs> 
Like, I, I just looked at that and I just went, I don't know what you're doing. I genuinely do not. You might as well just just say to the guys at Green Bay, look, let's all take knees and let's just walk in the locker room. We'll just wrap this one up because we're not interested in winning the game. Like, ludicrous. I mean, that that is beyond dumb. But still not the worst thing that happened this week. Well, yeah, this one... I have a point about number two. It's not actually about number two. It's just about the Texans game. I imagine. I think I got this off the uh, from Dan Hanses on the Around the League podcast. Did the JJ Watt interview? Did you do you hear that on their podcast, or was that from another podcast? It would have been from another podcast. So JJ Watt got interviewed after the game about Aaron Rodgers, and he said the guy asked JJ Watt what Aaron Rodgers is doing at the moment because is he playing better than you've ever seen him play? And JJ said yeah he's playing well right now so the reporter then asked jj what what's he doing that makes him play so well and then jj turned around and said he's throwing the ball to his receivers who are catching it <laughs> it's just the most jj what thing when they've got hammered again is just simple game right yeah. <laughs> just catch just throw and catch yeah i just i don't know i just it the texans just infuriate me like they just infuriate me as a as a team, as a franchise. I just uh, you're one and five, uh, one and six now, but you were one and five at the time. Like, what are you doing? I don't. I just, I, what are you, I just don't like. What are you doing? Oh yeah. Well, if I lose by fifteen, that's just not as bad as losing by twenty-one. <laughs> like ridiculous. Just get out of here. Like you might as well. You should have been sacked for that. Just for that one thing. That it's like it's a mindset thing. Just go. Just we'll just we'll just go get someone else. Absolutely. And number one. I mean, this is the worst thing I've I've seen in the NFL for for quite some time. What's ironic? This happened in college football. I think it happened in the Penn State game. Yeah, it did the day before. <laughs> and these sorts of errors don't really happen all that often. So the the Falcons get first and goal. They get first and goal with fifty four seconds on the clock. They have, and the Lions have no timeouts, right? And the Falcons have all of theirs. They're training by one at this stage. So they're training by one point. So they need a field goal to win. Now, the simple thing to do here would be take a knee, take a knee, stop the clock with three seconds left, line up, take the field goal, win the game, right? That's all you have to do to win the game. You just have to go knee, knee. Um, oh, is it a tie game at this point? Um, no, they were down because the line. Yeah, they were. Down. They were. Yeah, they were down by one. Um, so you take a knee, take a knee, and then kick the kick the field goal. And it's pretty pretty straightforward. I think anybody in the world could have worked that one out with with not too much difficulty. No, they were down by two. They were down by two. It was sixteen fourteen. So they're down by two. Kick the field goal. Three seconds remaining, and it's a chip shot. He's kicking it from like inside twenty yards. And you win the game, 17-16, job done. Now, for some reason, Raheem Morrison and Todd Gurley have decided that they're going to run the ball. And Todd Gurley forgets. <laughs> he forgets that he shouldn't score. Which <laughs> I, I feel terrible for Todd Gurley in this situation because he has spent his entire career at the goal line thinking get into the end zone and and I get that he would have been told not to score but when you then the play starts and the adrenaline I can understand why he thought he was going to and he did his very best when he realized to not score well yeah and he's turning around trying to not score because the only thing the only way they can lose the game from there is either they miss the field goal or 
they score a touchdown and give the ball back to the, the Lions. And you can see, you can see in Gurley, he's broken clear. And the Lions have just gone, mate, score. Just score. Honestly, it's fine. When you see, and there's a great picture going on the internet, the Lions players calling for the touchdown, <laughs> that's when you know you've messed up. When the other team goes, yeah, mate, just, 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 just hit the... Yeah, done. Brilliant. And he's falling backwards trying to not score. Yeah. I just... I mean, it is the most Falcons thing ever. This season, they've managed to lose three games in the most ridiculous fashion I've ever seen a team lose. They lose, like, went up, like, 18 points and lose to an onside kick because they don't recover the ball when they can because they don't know the rules. Then they lose to the Bears, who put up 18, 18, 21 points with with five minutes left in the game. Like, any first down wins the game. And then they do and then, so they go up by six, and you know the only thing they do here that's right is they go for the two point play, they miss it. The Lions get the ball back with a, you know, about a minute left, and end up, you know, winning the game with with no time on the clock, basically, just unbelievable. Like that is just next level bad game management. Like I don't understand how you can get that wrong. I just don't. I don't understand how you can make that mistake. So, yeah, you'll probably never see that. Well, I say never. You'll probably won't see that for a few years. Uh, a team going scoring a touchdown when they didn't need to. Yeah, it happened twice in one weekend. Yeah, <laughs> if mental. you include the college, just just the worst thing I've ever seen. I just like the Falcons. Like, congratulations, you you officially are the worst team in the like. You're not the worst team playing wise in the NFL, but probably coaching wise and discipline wise, probably the worst team in in the NFL. Yeah, they've got no favours. They've done themselves no favours whatsoever. And we talked about their cap hell situation last week. And I mean... Yeah, they're in trouble. They're in real trouble. Um, and I expect them to be very busy this week with the trade deadline looming just a week away. Yeah, talking of the trade deadline, I don't think it will be a deadline day like we normally see. I think deals are going to get done sooner because of COVID and stuff. People are going to want them in the building tested and, and, and properly done. So I don't think it's going to be a Tuesday rush. I mean... By the time you hear this, there could have been deals reported already. So Yeah, absolutely. Right, Murph. It's takeaway time and I'm not talking about Chinese or curry, although I am pretty hungry. It's it's time for our fantasy takeaways from week eight. You can start and I like the first one. Yeah, uh, so for me, I'm just a bit wary now of Kenyon Drake. He's not looked good. He had a good week six, but other than that, he's not really looked good this season. And I think now... Um, if Edmund lights it up in the next two or three weeks, I expect Kenyon Drake to potentially lose that monopoly on the starting role because he's been losing his grip on it slowly, slowly, slowly. And I think he could go and become a rotational back. So um, Edmunds looked good. He looked really good when he came into the game on Sunday Night Football. So uh, I think if Edmunds does well over the next week or two, I'd be really worried as a Kenyon Drake owner. I don't have him in too many places, but if I did, I'd be panicking. I'd be really severely panicking um, because he's not coming back to the same role. I just don't see it. They're, they're on bye this week, right? Uh, I'm pretty yeah, sure they are on bye this. Yeah, they are on bye this week. Yeah, so maybe maybe drink drink Drake gets a chance to get himself healthy over the bye week. But I think it's with a week to week, you're never quite sure. And, and Joe Mixon's week to week as well. I mean, I, I know we didn't mention him, but the, the chance of him playing again and Geo looked pretty good this week. So. Yeah, Gio turned up. He did a good job. I I think Mixon's different because one, he's paid. Uh, two, he's he's demonstrated he's he's the guy there. Um, I'm not worried about Mixon's role as much as I'd be worrying about um, Kenyon Drake's role. Absolutely. My first one is that as as fire as the Dolphins have been 
so far with with Fitzmagic, I think picking a Dolphins receiver to start this week will be the toughest week of the year because of Tua starting. And we saw at Alabama that he hyper-targeted Jerry Judy. And whilst Henry Ruggs was good, when Tua gets a guy, it becomes his first read and, and generally one of his main targets. So we like to think that it would probably be Devontae Parker with his draft pedigree and how he, he went last season. But Tua might have had some practice reps with Preston Williams. We just We just don't know. So I think starting a Dolphins receiver this week is going to be tricky. And and that was purely based on the fact that we heard last week that, that Fitz isn't going to be the starter anymore. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you have to look at, they're playing the Rams this week. Um, they are at home. I, I, probably because they'll be, I would expect them to be behind, you know, Rams are favorite by four right now. Um, Only four? Yeah, at this point of the week, it, it might move out a, a bit more. It seems like but, I don't know. I think that's a pretty good line. I don't, I'm not as convinced about the the Rams as, as most are. Yeah, they did well against the the Bears, but they still put up 24. They're not a super efficient offense. Um, I I, th- I think Parker's a play this week. Um, I don't like the other receiver. Like Preston Williams hasn't done too much. He's had a couple of splashes. Um, I wouldn't. You know, I don't think it's a great game for Gaziki unless you're desperate at tight end, and I'd understand why you are. So. Yeah, I, I would say really, unless you're desperate, I'd only be playing Williams and um, Williams, Parker. I'd only be playing Parker and Gaskin in that game. I wouldn't really be. I'd take, if you've got the luxury of a bench to take a few weeks to see what two is like and everything, then that's what I would do personally. The next one is also quarterback related, Murph. Over to uh, you, sir. Yeah, I, I just, I, I'm at the point now with the Patriots that I'm just, I just don't want part of the Patriots. So there's a few teams I want minimal assets from. Um, so going into this week, I was like the, the the Patriots would have James White, but even he doesn't look great. But uh, feel like fine because running back so short. Maybe James White makes sense. The Jets only want Crowder. Um, he's the only player I'm really interested in. Um, with Denver, really only know a fan and Tim Patrick, but he's now questionable. Um, I just don't think Locke and that offense are clicking and, and doing enough for me. And then the Giants, I only want Slayton. And people will talk about Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard. Those players blow so hot and cold. There's just no consistency with them. Um, one week, they'll be great. The next, they'll be bad. Um, this week, I'm starting no one from the Giants. They've got the Buccaneers. Maybe Slayton goes over the top and gets something. I don't really know. But yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced um, on those teams. And, and at the same token, I'm really not convinced on these Patriots teams. They're just a bad, they're just a bad, bad football team. Really, really bad. Cam looks as bad as I've ever seen him. Stidham is tripping over the uh, offensive linemen. Uh, I mean, like, what, what are you really supposed to do with that team? Edelman is banged up. He's hurt. He can't run. I don't know why he's out there. Harry is a ghost. Like, who on that team is, is he worth any of Damian Harris can't run with the ball? It just is a bad football team. I just there's now five teams in the NFL. I just don't want assets from at all, and I'm almost there with the Dolphins. Um, but I give it a couple of weeks. But yeah, I'd, I'd be more interested in just focusing on other teams and acquiring other pieces. I just you know if you've got any of these players, good luck trading them. You might get something for Cam now if you're lucky. I'd be trading him or dropping him. Because he's just not going to do you the job going forward. 
Yeah, I mean, you're only getting something for Cam in a Superflex or two QB league right now. There's so many other people you could step up and, uh, and stream in a single quarterback league. Cam, and if you're still starting Cam, are you really playing fantasy football? Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, the only reason you're playing Cam is if you're in a Superflex, there isn't yeah. any other quarterbacks and you've got no choice. But in any other scenario, yeah, he's, he's not worth anything. Like You can you can drop him or, or try and trade and flips and get something for him but he he's not good and at this rate i just don't see the patriots re-signing him he's on a one-year deal i think stidham has shown he's not the guy maybe they draft one who who knows um maybe they sign one but there isn't anything right now that suggests to me that they would be better with any other quarterback either Absolutely. That was a great segue, Murph, because my second point is that Tom Brady is a f- officially the greatest of all time. He is, it, the questions early on were, were, was it Bill or was it Tom? Nobody really knew because they were symbiotic. They were one person, essentially. And then Brady gave, they, they let Brady go and he, he went down to sunny Florida and Murph thought that this news meant that the season wasn't going to happen. And it's taken a few weeks, but Brady is back to some of his enigmatic best. You could definitely start him as a fantasy football quarterback right now because he's he's making enough passes and touchdowns that it doesn't matter who he's throwing, throwing to, he's getting you the yards and points. But this one was just for you, big man. you got your 12 jersey on as we talk over the Zoom. There you are, Zoom. There's your free plug. If you want to sponsor us, you know where we are. Um, it, it's just, it, it's good to see. It's good to see for you. It's good to see for the league. It's good to see for fantasy. And I'm pleased that he managed to prove that it wasn't all Bill and he had something to do with it. Because until he moved from New England, there was always that moniker of, yes, he was a sixth round quarterback. And yes, he was just following what Bill Belichick was doing. And he was a disciple to some extent, in my eyes, at least. And now he's he's down there with, with Arians getting hugs on the sideline and they're both having a whole world of fun. Yeah, I, I, listen, there's certain expectations here on Tom Brady. He's probably that fringe QB1. You know, a great week last week. And that offense is clicking. Um, there is some injury concerns there with some of the weapons. Gronk is looking, I'm not going to say like Gronk of old, but he looks serviceable as a tight end. And I think he's he's going to be, listen, there were, there's a lot of tags that have been slung at, at Tom Brady, and I've watched him now for seven weeks. Is he a system quarterback? I don't buy that anymore. The Aryan system and the Bill Belichick system are very, very different. He is starting to prove that he can succeed in both. Um, the other one's a game manager, and I 100% believe he is a game manager. And I don't have a problem with that. I don't think that's... This this understanding of a game manager is like, oh, it's boring. I don't know what people saw on Sunday, but that wasn't boring, what he did. He, he threw two of the best touchdowns I've ever seen. Like that one to Scotty Miller is, is one of the best touchdowns I've ever seen without any yards after the catch or anything like that. Just a straight end zone bomb. And he's just getting better. And it's like you say, he's just getting better. He's just, but I also don't expect him to play like he did on Sunday every week. He is going to have games where he throws for like 210 yards and two touchdowns because they want to run the ball. They want to control the clock. They want to take longer drives. They want to suck the life out of teams. And and this team can do it now. It's got a good offensive line. It's got a good defense. The team can run the ball now. Like, it's just a pretty complete team. So every week, Brady will put up points. Some weeks, it will be very low. Some weeks will be like this week. But he's not going to cost you weeks. He's not going to have those weeks where he's going to put up 6, 10, 12. 
you know, I see his floor at like 16 and his ceiling at like 30-ish. But I think he'll waver like towards 18 to 21 every week. And I think that's kind of where you would expect him to be. So if you've got Tom Brady, it's it, the good thing about it, it's a late buy. It's the last week of the regular season. Hopefully you're in your playoffs. You can swallow the buy then. But then also he's not going to cost you any weeks. It's, it's, he's a step up on Derek Carr when I wrote about him in the waiver wire and column this week. He's not going to put up loads of big, big weeks like this week, but he will put a few up, but he's definitely not going to cost you weeks. And there's a security to that. that that's nice. Absolutely. Right, Merv. Yeah, I'll blitz through this one. For me, if I'm targeting one player right now, um, the player I am char- I, the player I am buying as much as I can, and I'm probably not going to be able to after this goes out, is <laughs> Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is the player I am buying absolutely everywhere, if I can. I made a couple offers for him. Um, let me read you. The reason I want to buy Keenan Allen, first of all, I think his touchdowns are going to improve. He's only got two on the season, but he's he's got over 450 yards uh, receiving. And at the end of the day, he is going to be getting like it's that's incredibly low. It's well below the league average for touchdowns uh, for receiving yards on the season or average receiving yards per touchdown. Um, so that's going to regress. He's, he's in a positive way. He's going to get more touchdowns. Um, and second of all, their playoff schedule is absolutely nuts so let me read you his fantasy playoff schedule he's at home to the falcons then away to the raiders and then at home to the broncos that's nice Giddy up. <laughs> uh, if you can get herbert if you can get keenan allen those are the guys that you want to be buying even Eckler. if you can get Eckler on a buy low now with that playoff schedule that could be tasty like having those three or that sort of stack I'd be buying Chargers players, but especially Keenan Allen. I think he's I think he's legit going to be a wide receiver one in fantasy by the end of the season. Yeah, and then my last point is a sell away, and that is Todd Gurley and and maybe all the Falcons. But then who knows who's a Falcon when it comes to to next Tuesday? I mean, you you've got Julio there, you've got Matt Ryan there, both on big contracts that could be traded away because they're in cap hell, as we mentioned already. But Todd Gurley. He gets the Panthers' run defense this week, which isn't great. After that, they've got a bye. Uh, no, they don't. After that, they play the Broncos, whose run defense is pretty good at the moment. The Broncos as a whole aren't a great team, but their run defense is good. Then they go to the Saints, who have got a good run after their bye week. Then, yeah, so they go, I've got this really badly wrong. They go Panthers, Broncos, don't want the Broncos matchup. Then you've got a bye. Then they face the Saints, who have got a pretty good run defense. Then they take on the Raiders, who... That's that's a matchup you could exploit if you hold it on. Then they go Saints, then they go Chargers, and then they go Buccaneers, then Chiefs, who have got a pretty good run defense. And if you play into into Week Seventeen, they got the Buccaneers again. So if you can get rid of Todd Gurley, now's the time. Uh, maybe now or after a good Panthers game is definitely the time to sell. It's funny you said that. I I shipped him in the BFFL today. So I shipped him, picked up a couple of pieces on defense and got David Johnson, which I don't see as much of a downgrade. Um, the, pot, the the guy I traded with, Lewis, he needed uh, he needed a running back this week. So he takes Gurley. I'll take, I, I can afford to take an L, which I, I'm not even 100% sure I'll get an L. It's going to be a matchup. But even if I lose this week, it's not a big deal. I'm six on one and one game from clinching in the playoffs. So I'm not too worried about necessarily losing this week but i picked up a couple of really nice idp pieces so a linebacker and a, a db so i've improved my room there 
I shipped out two players who've still got buys to come. I brought in two players who've had buys. So it's just about roster management. I picked up a player who I don't think is much of a trade down at running back, but I've got to suffer the buy this week and then picked up two IDP pieces that are far better than the pieces I shipped out. So I traded him because I looked at the same thing. I don't want my running back to have the Buccaneers in the fantasy playoffs. No. I mean, the one thing about the Buccaneers, they've, they're now at 12 consecutive games of not giving up a hundred yards of rushing total. That's not to one rusher. That's total team rushing. So if Decent. they get through this week against the giants, which you would like to expect, unless Danny Jones breaks off another 80 yard run and trips over himself. again, <laughs> um, You know, it'd be down to, if they can stop Kamara, then they'll tie the NFL record and then maybe even go on and beat it. So it's interesting. I get, I, I get with you 100%. I'd be trading away Gurley. You're not going to get tons for him, but hopefully you get back more than what you invested. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. Speaking well, of the tra- go on. Yeah. I was no, going to say, speaking of the trade deadline. Carry should, on. No, we should, we should definitely talk about very, very quickly, about five minutes or so, just on who we think realistically could get traded, where they might go, or what would be good for fantasy. Right. You can shut your damn mouth on this first one. If this happens, I'll cry why i think it i think it makes a lot of sense i hate it i absolutely hate it <laughs> so listen there's there's no inkling so on these these are just things that i think would help for fantasy perspective and things that would help i think they'd be good things to to see full stop and they're realistic they're they're not i mean i'm not saying they're likely or they're going to happen but i can see them happening and explain why so the first one is i think michael Thomas to the chiefs would be an amazing fit here's why there's something going on that nobody's talking about. Mm-hmm. They said this on the pod earlier. There's there's something going on that n- that nobody's talking about. He had a, he had an injury. He was supposed to be out three weeks, maybe four. Don't forget, he's never put on IR. Right, that's the key to all of this. Is he was never put on IR. He's due to play Monday Night Football. He punches a teammate, punches a teammate, so they don't play him. Then mysteriously, as he's looking ready to play, he picks up a mysterious hamstring injury, doesn't play. Now it's looking like he might not play in week eight. I don't know how you go from practicing and punching a teammate to going back to being injured. There is something behind the scenes going on that we don't know. I think it's a character issue. I think Michael Thomas doesn't want to be a saint anymore. I think he knows this roster's getting blown up because it has to. They've got cat problems. And I think they're going to blow this up. I don't think he wants to be part of a team that isn't going to challenge. I think he wants a ring. And with the fact that you've got um, players at the Chiefs, like they're going to have, um, they're going to have some players off their roster. I mean, I know they've got Sammy Watkins, but he's going to be a free agent next year. Um, I think they've got the cap room. They could be creative and make that work. I think he gets his ring. I think it'd be an unbelievable fit. Imagine having Tyreek Hill and Michael Thomas on the same team with Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball. Uh, well, not just those two. You've got Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Lev Bell, and Travis Kelsey also. And then if you if you did happen to want to go four wide, you stick a speedster like Miko Hardman out there as well. I mean, yeah, it'd be unbelievable. Listen, I, I think for fantasy, it's probably an arrow down for a lot of players, but. I do think it's it's in the realm of possibilities that I could see something like that happening. I do think Michael Thomas has a chance to to get traded by the deadline because there's something going on that nobody's talking about and uh, there's just no way he's... I'm not buying the injured hurt. I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying he's injured. 
no there's no way you practice in full all week and then suddenly have a hamstring designation that just uh, that doesn't happen especially as i think there may be even a trade agreed or very close and you yeah. don't want to play him because you don't want him getting hurt and losing your assets so you've got five murph and i've got three two of ours are the same team acquiring different players okay now i'm going to start with my last one and i've got an idp one here and that's jj watt to pittsburgh now this is this is more of a a, a dream pipe, i was gonna say it's a pipe dream isn't it? <laughs> it is a pipe dream but he's obviously not happy in texas texas are quite happy to they're apparently shipping uh shopping will fuller so you've got another texan going somewhere else later on in this as well David Johnson has apparently been shopped about. I heard today on a podcast. I don't know how true that is. But for JJ Watt to go and play with his brother, JJ Watt is, he's old now. He's banged up. He's the kind of guy you want to get 25, maybe 30 snaps a game, not 45 to 50 playing every snap. He just doesn't have that in anymore. And it, to add to that Pittsburgh defense on a rotation would be absolutely ridiculous. So I just think, it would be good for your IDP if you own him and you invested a bit too much because you expected more than you're perhaps getting. Yeah, but 100% won't happen because he's 17.5 million against the cap next year and the Steelers are already over cap for next year. Well, there you go. Blow that one out of the water. <laughs> Sorry, pal. But no, just, it's all right. Yeah, I just yeah, I just thought I'd kibosh that because it's not it's not the pit. I, I he could get traded, but I can't see him going to. It's uh, kind of Pittsburgh. They can't. They just can't afford him. It's the end all uh, result of that. I thought what would be an interesting one, and I'm not really sure that Bill would do this, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think about options and and cost. Right, um, Tyrell Taylor to the the Patriots. Um, so Tyrod Taylor doesn't have a job. He's, you know, he's back up at the Chargers. There's no way that Herbert's losing that job now. It's just, it, it's not going to happen. Tyrod, I, he knows the division. He played it in the Bills. Um, you know, he know he he is a compliant safety first kind of quarterback. The Patriots D is good enough to keep the teams in games. And Bill loves to run the ball. So why not get a quarterback who can run the ball um, pretty well um, and can keep them in games? I think that's what they wanted to do with, with Newton. It's not working, but Tyrod doesn't really turn the ball over. He doesn't really take risks. He's kind of like the most risk-adverse quarterback outside of Teddy Bridgewater. So I think it makes sense to... Uh, I think, And also, I think he would make players better, Tyrod Taylor. Um, which is probably something that's never been said about Tyrod Taylor as a fantasy quarterback, but I just think they're at, <laughs> they're at rock bottom. I think he would use the dump off to, to James White a lot. I think James White would be relevant. I think um, because the run threat, he'll probably open up lanes for Damian Harris um, and make him somewhat relevant again because they know he can actually run because Cam at the moment cannot. He just cannot run. I think you know he, he is accurate in short distances. I think if Edelman can get fit, he can bring Edelman into play doesn't help Nikhil Harry, but I think he does arrow up a few players if he if he does go. Um and I he's not gonna cost you a lot. Like he's just not gonna like he's gonna cost Bill like a sixth round pick. Mm. And like Bill Bill Belichick is not gonna be happy with what he's seeing right now. I just think I'd be getting rid of Cam, I'd be getting rid of Stidham, I'd just go with Tyra Taylor, draft one next year, go get one in free agency, go do what you need to do. 
But I, I would rather have Tyra Ten- Taylor under centre right now than, than Cam Newton based on what I've seen at the start of the season, what I've seen during the season. That's crazy talk. Bill definitely wouldn't do it. But yeah, it, it, stranger things have happened in New England, right? <laughs> I, I just think I look at the quarterbacks available and, and like I was going to go Cowboys, right, with Tyra Taylor. But that just doesn't work with that system. I think Tyra Taylor does make a bit of sense. Do you know what does work with the Cowboys? Send Fitz Magic down there to absolutely sling it about to all those weapons and try and keep up with just how bad that defense is. I, I just that think... would be fun. That would be so fun. Exactly. It's not right? going to happen, but that would be so fun. I, I know it's not going to happen. You've got Dalton, but what he's shown so far is is not yeah. great. And you just think, you, you tap Ryan Fitz up. You say, listen, pal, we've got eight games left. We're still in with a shout, even though we are god-awful everywhere else except offense. Come down here, have a bit of fun, go to Gerald World and just just go crazy for eight games, see what can happen. Oh, that would be tremendous. Oh, God, I'd watch that. I'd watch that every week, all day long. I think it'd be incredible. That'd be a proper show. Like, I'd be all for that. If, if, if someone can make that trade happen, I'd be all for it. I think it'd be brilliant. Um, I'm going to do two, and then we'll we'll both talk about the team that we've got a player going to, which is different players to the same team. Um, so first one, Kerry Johnson to the Dolphins. Kerry Johnson's doing nothing at Detroit. He's still quite young. He's still got a lot to offer. Yes, he has injuries. Um, they basically said that Jordan Howard is he's healthy scratches now. He's not playing, so he's expendable. Um, Breeder not really doing tons there. Gaskins the lead back and. He's not done a bad job, Gaskin. He's done better than I thought he would, but he's not hes not giving them enough in the game for me. I think Kerry Johnson, when fit, is a very good running back. I mm-hmm. just think the problem is he's not always fit. Um, I think the warm weather will help him. I think coaching staff will help him with, with additional fitness. I think Kerry Johnson to the Dolphins makes sense in the short term. They're three and three. They're still in play in the division. But I think in the long term, they could get him on a cheaper uh, re-up because of his injuries. So pay him closer to, much closer to Austin Eckler money, maybe a lot less than Austin Eckler. But you could re-him up for a couple of years and, and use his talent, partner him with Gaskin. I think that's a decent little one-two combination there. Um, I think his situation would be better. I think he, he'll, he'll put up, I'm not going to say elite fantasy numbers, but I think he'd be far more relevant than, than he is now. So, I'd like to see that one for a lot of different reasons, but I think it's also one that makes a lot of sense. Um, it's just whether or not they, they do the numbers and decide that that's worth doing. The other one I think that makes a lot of sense, and this is really logical, is, is David Njuku of the Brown uh, of the Browns going to the Bills. I think that the Bills are in win now. The, the division is theirs to have. Um, Njuku is still on the end of his rookie contract, so he's not going to be expensive against the cap. He doesn't want to be in Cleveland. He's asked for trade repeatedly. Uh, he's someone that I can see going to a team that is playoff bound and Croft and Knox and not getting it done at tight end. They're just not. They need uh, a better blocker and they need a better offensive weapon and Juku brings both. So, yeah, I like Juku to the Bills. and I think that trade would make a lot of sense for fantasy, but also just in, in general would make sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've both got a player going to the Packers and shock, horror, surprise, it is a wide receiver because other than Devontae Adams, who can do three people's worth of work on his own, it seems they don't have anyone else. Would you like to go first or second? I'll go second. Okay. I've got AJ Green going to the Packers, and this is based on I've heard several people now say that 
apparently there's been some communication between Green Bay and Cincinnati, and AJ Green is obviously the only guy they're going to ship out. I think it would be a reasonable fit. AJ Green is slowly knocking the dust off and is is not awful anymore. He's just a little bad. So I think Aaron Rodgers could untap a little bit of the talent that AJ Green clearly has. And it would be good for fantasy because AJ Green might be slightly more relevant, but it would also free up Tyler Boyd and T Higgins, who are both showing that they are definitely good wide receivers. Yeah, I oh, no, nah, I I can't agree with that one. I just think that for me, the problem with I just don't see AJ Green being relevant anymore. I just don't. I, I've said this for a couple of years. Great, great player in his day, uh, could do a lot, but yeah, I don't think this is this is the time. You got a team that's going to the the playoffs ultimately. That that is what we're looking at. Um, I think the salary cap is an issue as well. I'm just looking now. Their estimated cap space is around about seven million. Um, AJ Green's playing on the tag, so north of sixteen million. So you'd have to shift a lot to make that happen. It's doable. It's not impossible to bridge that sort of gap. But you know, I'm going to talk about a player who's a few million left. Again, it's still going to be difficult with the cap, but I've worked out a path to to do it. Um, and I've gone Brandon Cooks because he's he's younger, uh, he's more athletic because he suffered less injuries, um, and also he has that ability to play. There's a gap there. You've got Devontae Adams on the outside. I think AJ Green and Devontae Adams are almost too similar. I think there'll be too much root overlap. Um, so what's AJ Green going to bring you that Devontae Adams doesn't already bring to the table? Not a lot. What they need is someone who can play that sort of Chris Godwin slot X role who can work out the slot, get yards after the catch, but can also um, play that intermediate zone really well. And I don't think there's a better wide receiver available than Brandon cooks who could do that. So I think they need an intermediate receiver. AJ green, more of a deep threat kind of got that covered. I just think having two sets of deep threat, it doesn't solve their immediate problem of who's going to catch underneath other than Robert Tonyan. I think cooks does that role better personally, but I, 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 I think like we both it. agree that I think we both agree that they need someone who's going to make a difference, and I think either would be better than what they have right now. Well, uh, yeah, it's not just you and I that think they need a wide receiver. Is everybody except the Packers front office, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so I like your fit, um, but you did the show notes and you got that in before me, so I had to pick someone else, and of course, <laughs> it had to be AJ Green, Murph. We've got to that point of the week where it's time to hit the streets, big man. Come on, then. I don't really have knowledge. A, no, I don't, I don't really have a lot this week, to be perfectly honest, and also working to a slight time constraint. So um, let me just see if I can pull up one or two. You don't even have any ready. They're in the no. show notes. You've done me. You've done me an absolute kipper here. Yeah, but the, the things aren't in the show notes. Um, no, I know that. Otherwise, I'd know what they were. Well, I like to keep them as a surprise. I was looking at time and thinking, like, okay, we're not really going to have. Well, just do one. Do your absolute favorite. So I've dropped quite a few during it, which is also another reason why I've. Let's go over Kyler Murray one. I'll reel off two Kyler Murray ones in a row. He wears a really tiny t shirt. That's it, because he is about four feet. (laughs) So Kyler Murray joined Tom Brady as the only quarterback to throw three plus passing touchdowns and overcome a fourth-quarter deficit of 10 points or more versus Russell Wilson. Brady did it in the Super Bowl, so um, which was in the University of Phoenix Stadium, and that's where Murray performed his comeback. So 
Russell Wilson, 10 point plus leads in the University of Phoenix Stadium is not a happy place. <laughs> Such a specific stat. <laughs> and then it's also Kyler Murray's first career comeback from a 10 point plus fourth quarter deficit to win a game. And he joins Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, Mitchell Trubisky, and Nick Foles as the only QBs to do so this season. Murray is the only one to do it in a game that went to overtime. Um, worth mentioning that uh, two of those quarterbacks did it against the Atlanta Falcons back-to-back. Yeah, Falcons are not in a good place right now. <laughs> ah, okay, here's another one. Russell Wilson is listed at 5'11", Kyler Murray 5'10". It's the first game in the Super Bowl era where two quarterbacks under six feet tall have both passed for 250 yards or more. There you go. Lots of Kyler Murray love in stats this week. Lots of Kyler Murray love in the stats. Well, there won't be any next week because he's on bye. So, Kyler, you've had your fill. If you're listening, enjoy your week off. See you in two weeks. Absolutely. Rush Nation, as always, Tuesday's best day of the week. This has been tremendous, Murph. Guys, we would love some reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, the Amazon Podcast now. Is that the thing? I think it is. Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, is all the podcasts, every single oh. one of them. <laughs> just write a review everywhere. Just, yeah, podcast review wherever. We want him. I think, yeah, if, if you can just help us spread the word, spread the love, we'd really appreciate it. Some people have asked about guests this season. Just It's been a bit more difficult with not being in the studio and, and arranging times. A lot of people, not just ourselves, are, are struggling to get uh, dates and times that, that work. But we will work on getting some and, and making those uh, available uh, at some point. But uh, as you know, the train never stops. And if we don't get too many guests between now and the end of the season, then we will bring lots of guests in the off season um, and bring that a quality content. But I hope you've enjoyed the content that we have brought. We hope that you're winning games and winning championships. As I said at the start, this is the key part of the season now. So let's get to work. Let's get those wins. Um, and let's, uh, let's dominate. Absolutely. And it, we do have a patron. So if you fancy supporting the cause, you can head over to our website, 500rush.co.uk. There's a Patreon tag there. All our articles are there, which have been dropping every day. The guys are doing an absolutely sterling job. So much love to you, our writing staff. We appreciate each and every one of you, as we do you, Rush Nation. So... Oh, spoiler alert, Murph and I are doing a bit of a crossover with the Five Yard College Boys at some point this week. We're doing a mock draft and shock horror, Green Bay Packers are going to get a wide receiver. But that's all I'm going to say. Until you hear us later on in the week, Rush Nation, Murph, you stay safe. And as always, Rush Nation, keep rushing. to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.